Hello and welcome to the Crunch Time After Show here at AfterBuzz TV. Tonight, we're talking about episodes one and two. We're trying to find out exactly what is going on at that lab, and we're going to answer that age-old question, does Berkman have my back? Stay with us. We're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, AfterBuzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. There it is. Oh, look at this! This is so good! You cannot just jam to this song, right? It is so Tron Legacy. It's so good. I love it so much. I found myself really getting excited every time the song comes on. We're up for some adventure. So good. What is up, Internet? My name is Patrick Dees. I'll be one of your hosts today for Crunch Time After Show here on AfterBuzz TV. I am joined by the entire Rooster team uh, as the rest of the panel here. So to my left is Megan Salinas. Hey, guys. You can tweet at me at the Menguin. That's T-H-E-M-E-N-G-U-I-N. Next to her is Katie Collin. Hi, all my buddies. You can find me on Twitter at Kiaget. That is K-I-A-X-E-T. And with us in the booth is the internet's own Mark B. Donica, our Larry, our puppy master, if you will. What is up, Mark? Hello, everybody. I'm going to be your navigator for this episode. I'll be back in the I'll be back in the room joining you next episode. But for today, I'm going to make sure that we all make it through the brain frame unharmed. Oof. All right. Thank so, you for yeah. keeping us safe, man. I know. Yeah. Right. Like again, we're I'm, being our anchor. I feel like, like having a puppy master in the booth is only appropriate for the show. Yes. And we have the live chat going, so do the thing when the stuff. And we have the uh, hashtag ABTV Crunch Time. That's right. Tweet so, at us definitely, and Katie, you'll be paying attention to that the entire yes. show, right? So Megan has been the first person to put a tweet in that hashtag. You could be the second. Oh, look at that! Look at that! <laughs> Come join me. I'm so lonely. <laughs> you're so lonely. <laughs> you're first. You're first. <laughs> How about we start them off with one of the questions that we were going to discuss? See what they have to say in the hashtag about it. One of the questions that we're going to discuss? Yeah. yeah so we'll get to, yeah, actually, I think, why don't we? That's a really good call. So when we, we're going to get, actually, to Berkman. We're going to meet Berkman. He's got yeah. an incredible bar story. So if you can start tweeting at us, I'd be very curious to hear, what is your all-time greatest bar story, be it fail, be it epic adventure, whatever that is, crazy shit goes down in bars, we want to hear about it. So tweet at us. And, of course, we'll read the best ones, or we'll read whatever shows up, because we love you. Dude, Absolutely. I'm excited. This is rad. I've been really hot on this show since we saw the first couple episodes at RTX. Yeah. I'm glad we're finally getting to this. It's a long time yeah. coming. It's I and we've been saying it ever since RTX, I think, is this is a completely different caliber of Rooster Teeth right. show. Like it shows just how far they've come as a production company. Oh yeah. And it's so and and we love the stuff that they put on. Ruby's fantastic, Red versus Blue mm-hmm. is fantastic. And everything they have is so different and so unique and still so good. Right. Yeah, because we're used to their live action stuff being podcasts and these little comedic shorts. And then day five, well, then uh, Laser Team. Team. Sure. And then day five. And now we have Crunch Time. And it's just all been incredible. Well, so let me ask you guys this, too. Was it on your radar before we saw those couple episodes at RTX? Was it on your radar? What did you what were your expectations kind of going into this? Honestly, just the trailer. Okay. Like, yeah. um, and I'm, I I just kind of shrugged it off. I'm like, I'm sure it'll be cool or whatever. Right. I was not expecting to be like, I was blown away with how good totally. this was. Yeah. I was like, oh, they're they're doing a thing. It's going to be live action. That'll be fun. And we're sitting at the screen and going, 
I, right? Like, I think that was the mood in that room. It blew the doors off of, of that entire place. It was like an electric feeling to it. It's, and then we uh, we made it to the L.A. screening where they did the first four episodes. And oh, just that's true. listening to people react, watching this, this is such a great show for the big screen. The yeah. only thing that was like, why did you do that? Are those white title cards in a dark theater sure. or murder? After you've been <laughs> sitting in the dark for 20 minutes. Yeah. He's just like, oh, okay, we're in a new episode. It's, wow. But yeah. everyone clapping along with the theme. Sure. And just the laughs and mm-hmm. the, oh, like, it was incredible. The audience reaction, so good. And it's cool listening to the, the creators of this show talk about it because they talk about it in a very self-deprecating sort of way. Sure, yeah. They're like, it's the stupidest thing that no one would ever, no one else would ever make. I love it. Um, and, But, like, they're so, and yeah, there's some dumb humor in it, but, like, the the thing that really resonated with me is they talked about how comedies of yesteryear had high stakes. Like, things sure. from the 80s, like, Back to the Future. Totally. The, like, the there, there's, yeah. like, these adventures yeah. that they go on. And, yes, they are primarily a comedy, but, like, they're actual genuine stakes that make for real suspense. And I think we have that in Totally. Show. I think yeah. that's, that's bang on. Mark, what did you think? Like, uh, I came raving into our little Airbnb about this, and I was like, I just, it's the show that I, I like. My, like, what, like, did I set it up well? Exactly like and, that. And did it, yeah, no, it was literally, that was an exact exactly quote. Like did it live up to the hype? And, like, what did you kind of expect going in? One of my greatest regrets from RTX 2016 is not being able to get to the crunch time screening that everybody else got to go to. Yeah. And equally as upsetting was missing the LA screening. So hearing hearing about this property, <clears throat> I knew that uh, they released the trailer with one of the Ruby Tug screenings, and mm-hmm. I was beyond jealous of that crowd because we didn't hear anything about it until maybe four to five months later. So hearing about it at RTX, seeing the trailer, Bernie Simple, you guys are fun. <laughs> <laughs> Very, very much uh, agree also that comedies don't have stakes, even going to Ghostbusters. You have to save all of New York City, but it can be a fun ride at the time. And I think these characters and this setup will be something that fans of comedy and fans of miniseries will be talking about for a long time. No, totally. And yeah. I think it did. It t- took me a little while to process. And I think where I landed on it was I think it's like the bastard child of like weird science and always sunny in Philadelphia. A little yes. bit. I mean, they're all kind of deplorable. Like, I don't know. I'm really interesting to see where it goes. Right. Because I think the, the ethos, especially the, the always sunny is like they're the anti sitcom. Right. Like they constantly are in a downward spiral. And I'm interested to see where this goes. <laughs> you guys have seen the first four. Yes. Okay. I'm, 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 We're sticking with the first two here. Yeah, we, we don't want to give anything just, away uh, for you guys. We don't yeah. want to give anything but away. But you're still hyped about it, so I feel like we're oh going the right God, direction. All right, yes. this, I can't wait. I cannot wait. And I just, I, I never liked It's Always Sunny. I've watched a few episodes, no. and it's like, usually if you hand me a piece of media and everyone in it is terrible, yeah. I will put it down because I'm mm-hmm. always looking for someone that I can root for, that I can get behind. This one is like... Everyone's a horrible human being, and yeah. I love it. Nice. That is a hey, unicorn of a combination. Sh- shut for your me. mouth when you're talking about Larry. That guy is a good and decent puppy master human being. Oh, her subconscious would eat me alive. <laughs> <laughs> He's so good. Uh, well, let's let's uh, let's start jumping into it a little bit because, like, we we start out uh, and we open on Sam with Agent Mullins and a guy who yells, and I don't know that we ever actually even got his name. He yells, uh, "How'd you do it, shithead?" Yeah. I mean, again, talking about high stakes, we know immediately that something in this sci-fi comedy series has gone horribly wrong if this is where we're starting. Totally. And the other thing is just the... 
dichotomy is not the word I'm looking for. Potentially juxtaposition. I'm having a tough time with words tonight, you guys. Between that really big epic theme, cut immediately to dead silence in a cell. For sure. Like, wow, whiplash. Yep, and he threatens to that throw him back I in. Wanted. I like it. He threatens to throw him back in the isolation cube, like if he doesn't. Like, yeah. So like, yeah, things have, things are not great for these guys, no. or at least Sam, anyway. And it, he's definitely he look. You very much get the impression that this is a guy that will crack under pressure oh, at totally. any moment. <laughs> 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 Well, and they they spend two you know two seconds there, and like most stories, it starts with a very bad decision, right? And we jump cut over to Hannah and Sam at the restaurant breaking up. How hard was this for you guys to watch? I feel so bad for Hannah. Oh my god, you did. So oh, what's going through your mind? You're watching this, god. and here she is breaking up. He's not having it. Like, what's going on in your mind? He needs to learn to take no for an answer. So mm. much of this series is just you need to learn to take no for an answer. Well, so I'm really gl- I'm glad you teed that up because it's one of the things that I really wanted to get into is so like how do you if you're writing this or and I'm not, I'm not I don't want to spend our time with this show talking about how we would have written it that's a tough situation right so many times in so many shows you see a guy who just won't take no for an answer and he wears her down and eventually the girl says yes or whatever that you know whatever that relationship is and like what did the, what message does that send to young men exactly. and like what like. So, like, how do you how do you even approach this if you guys are writing this? The uh, yeah, it's it's one of those things, especially and and as much as we love them, eighties comedies are very problematic when it comes to how relationships are portrayed and how female characters are presented. Even Back to the Future, which I love, it's like, hey, that the one female character that like could have gone on an adventure, she spends the whole two movie, two out of three movies taking a nap, mm-hmm. and it's like, ah. Dang it, as a little kid, that frustrated me. Yeah. But, like, here, again, we, we have kind of a hindsight thing where they can write a typical 80s comedy situation, but they don't have to adhere to those tropes mm-hmm, necessarily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That just, I'm 100% down with that. It's it's one of those things that I've been a little more sensitive to now that I'm more aware of it. And it's just like, he's not taking no for an answer, and he just knocked her out. This, uh... Yeah, initially this is going to turn into a crime report. This is how people. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. This escal- is how people wind up in hospitals quickly. or die or like. Yeah, that escalated yeah. very quickly. This was not okay on several levels. The, oh the minor God, no. indiscretion was not taking no, but like we'll, we'll get to the knocking out piece. I was just curious to see like. You know how you juggle with that? And have you ever well, had... Well, she wants to break up with him. He doesn't take no for right. an answer. And then, no, you can't use my equipment for that. It's not tested. It's unethical. He won't take no for an answer. Right. He's he's already pulling these minor villain sort of moves. I was yeah. just going to say that. I was like, you know, we he, we get introduced to him as one of our first characters. And we think he's like the, the lovesick, like, you know, typical 80s hero. But then they immediately kind of flip it on us within just a couple of minutes of having met him. Right. Because what do 80s movies love? Rich villains. Yeah, like, for sure. Yeah, rich villains who are also bullies. And he's kind of strong-arming these guys yeah. who are supposed to be his friends. So, And granted, it's still too early to kind of... It's still too early to, to say for certain. But you look at these little bit, these little character beats and you're like... He could be a villain. Like by the time this series wraps up, I think I think on, on a long enough timeline, and we'll we'll see how this plays out. I think they'll all prove to be villains in some way, <laughs> shape, or form. Right? Like I'm just waiting they could for all the destroy the world. I'm just waiting for for Larry to lose his shit and just be like the the ultimate bad guy here. Well, I mean, like I feel like Berkman is a character that we're just set up to hate or love. 
I mean, I mean, right? He's, he's no, to totally. Be, he's supposed to be the team asshole. Yeah, absolutely. But Rooster Teeth is really, really good at making you love the team asshole. Yeah. It's all of Red versus Blue. No, totally. <laughs> yep. All of it. Yep. I would say that uh, in in this case, uh, they set up a it, it, if he was going to be a lovesick character, then they wouldn't have made him such a villain. That's the thing is I think if they made him to be pitied, like right. like less pitied and more understood, then we would have a situation where it's like, oh, they're trying to make him out to be the hero. But the way that they treated him makes him seem like just nobody that we would like. And I think Berkman is the exact same thing on the opposite scale is he's a jerk, but we like him for different reasons. Yeah. Like, if, if we're going with the typical 80s movie formula, Sam would be the one that we're rooting for, and Berkman would be the right. uh, biff of the situation. Right. Yes, yes, but absolutely. But you make like a tree and get out of here. Yeah. yeah. Like, you look at Berkman oh, do that and go, impression more. I don't particularly want to be around you. And right. I, I look at Sam and go, oh, God, I need to get out of here right now. I mean, how uncomfortable was that? I, I've never had a public breakup, but, like, I was literally just like, just no, man, just don't. This is not a good look. <laughs> He's like, there's five different kinds of toasts or whatever. Like, uh, this is well, not okay. And there, there's also the income dichotomy thing. Like, it's embarrassing if you're dating someone outside of your tax bracket and one person is just spoiling the other, and they're obviously not comfortable with it. Like, I don't want to be in this fancy restaurant. I don't want to be drinking this $1,000 bottle of champagne. Can we just go to Denny's and get some coffee? Like, yeah. that's also really, really uncomfortable. And Sam's obviously the guy to just throw his money around. My family's rich. That's the basis of things. I mean, yeah. but he is super smitten, so, like, he's really trying to, like, <laughs> lay it on thing. And probably, okay. I'm just saying, he probably knows the end is in sight, right? Like, there's no way this kind of came out of the trying blue. trying to, like, let me fix it. Yeah, yeah, let yeah, just uh, here, five kinds of toast. Here's the most expensive yeah. champagne. We're he, the most beautiful girl I in know, the world. I mean, totally. Oh you know, God. again, watching that again, it's like, no, that makes sense. He knows something's wrong. Oh, totally, like, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, he knows it's coming, for sure. Just so they, they get to the, he does the old... <laughs> So this is where this broke my heart because breakups are just the worst in general. I can't imagine having one in public. And then he literally does, can I have a hug for old time's sake? Yeah, look, I, I could feel Katie rolling her going, eyes. No, no, just no, like, no, 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 just no. not so much. And <laughs> Literally he, the worst thing. Just, uh, just uh, what are you doing, man? And then he readies the men in black, zapper device, the, the and then she's out. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the brain neuralizer, you idiot. The off brand neuralizer. Right. If she's not going to stay with me, I'll brainwash her to right. stay with me. That's not in any capacity creepy. That is a super villain move. Like, Dude, totally. 100%. It escalated very Quickly. away from serial killer. It isn't, yeah, it, none of this is okay. No, yeah, no, yeah. not so much. Yeah, come to think of it, we went full supervillain in the first five minutes I like of the that. Show. I know, totally. You went from like, no, man, oh, just your heart's breaking for the guy a little bit to like, no. no cartoon Just do not do that. It was easier watching Lex Luthor kidnap Martha. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> Like, no, no, oh, honey. <laughs> well, we cut from there. <laughs> we cut from supervillain, and Connor's now with the interrogators, right? And he says uh, something along the lines of, that's some real Doogie Hauser shit. So they continue their one note kind of interrogation, and then back to them in the car where he's trying to justify it. Did. Did he further his case when you guys were watching this? Was it like, oh, nope. okay. Yeah, no, right? Nope. Made it Absolutely worse. Made it worse. not. <laughs> like I said, I'm going to brainwash her to love me. 
Honestly, like you, for for there are moments where you do kind of feel bad for Sam. Sure. You know, just the like she's so complex and she's so, and you do get this kind of, and this is where it skirts back and forth with is he our protagonist or is he our villain? Sure. Of like, like he's so smitten with her and totally. he thinks the world of her and she's so smart and bold mm-hmm. and confident. Clearly, things that he's not. Um, but then at the same time. Like this is he, he when his friend says no, this isn't ethically right. He's like, fine, I'll pull your funding, and it's like, oh well, any and all, any and all sympathy I might have had for you just right. went straight out yeah. the window. Well, and just being smitten with her, like she's so complex, but I haven't bothered to learn what her major is. Oh, I absolutely care about her, but my Christmas gift to her was a coupon to spend time with me. Oh, like it's less. I mean, come I on, care that's a damn her. good present. And more, I care about her in relation to how she affects me and my well-being. Right. And he wonder has arm candy, a very attractive satellite. Yeah, this girl that his <laughs> this girl that he's been dating for three months. Three it's months. not even like they've been together for no, years. No, no, I know. Good no. times in the beginning, right? Like, good times, good times. <laughs> oh God, this just hurts so much to watch. Uh, he did win points for me back uh, when he talked about. He said something along the lines of, you know, he's invoking the names of other uh, scientists that he respects. Galileo, uh, Wayne Zielinski, from Money I Shrunk the Kids. Respected. I was like, all right. Wayne Zielinski. Yes. Yeah, but as a threat. Yeah, I know. I know. Like, you, you, wanna, you should be compared to these people instead instead of just being some, some regular schmo. That, I, don't, I don't think he was invoking those names in, in good time. But all of these characters are, have a very interesting way to unlock their secrets. And I'm excited to see what happens. What I want to know is, how did Connor, a guy who invented a microchip to help monkeys learn sign language, not get funding from any outside sources? Oh, that's a real good question. Contract issue could have been something where he lost all rights and and only got paid for the initial Mm -hmm. design. Yeah, the the patent might still be pending. Who knows? Happens on the regular. But even just saying, I did this thing, I invented this, here is my work, here is my pedigree, here is my my resume, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and having people go... Let me throw money at you and see what happens. Oh, you just copied Science Corp. They released that about a month ago. Oh, Science Corp. That's what the, LLC. That's, yeah. that's who had the, the patent for it. <laughs> of course they did. Good Let's old Science Corp. Right? Science Corp. Good old Science Corp. <laughs> so he doesn't. Uh, he just digs the well, hole deeper, right? In threatening, in threatening to pull funding. Yeah, exactly. And and we might get the the sense that like yeah, maybe he didn't get recognition for you know his his previous scientific accomplishments. And if he's getting money from his best, like, I don't know about best friend, but if he's getting money his from his roommate. friend's dad, yes, yes, his yes. Jerk yeah, his roommate's yes. dad, yeah, like. I think that says a lot about the university that mm-hmm. they're at, right? Yep. Like, maybe science just isn't a priority at this institution. Yeah. I feel like we're at the Ghostbusters College. Science. And the new Ghostbusters, I forgot you guys were there. <laughs> you are a poor scientist. <laughs> See the new Ghostbusters, it's amazing. So the and now that I've blown up the internet, let's get back. Yeah, no, 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 no. You're you're good. <laughs> this is this is why I was excited about the show. There's a lot to unpack, and so no, this is what's how I wanted to have this kind of conversation. We establish, then Berkman takes us through the explanation that we need a strong, not Berkman, I apologize, um, Connor establishes the fact that we need a strong mental third person to go in. Otherwise, her psyche could destroy. Like Larry, we see, we meet Larry, he establishes that he would get destroyed in there because he's good with the puppies, the puppy master. Uh, then we meet Berkman. We go find that third wingman. This scene was one of my favorite in the first couple of episodes. Uh, Berkman's amazing. Berkman's hilarious. Or, I, or, I, go ahead, <laughs> no, go ahead. no, I know. I, I, I feel the reaction coming off of you. It's a very bar, low rent Barney Stinson sort of thing. 
Like, you really should hate this guy, but he's just so much fun to watch. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I feel like he's the type of person you would hate knowing in real life. Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. oh, but sure. absolutely adore watching on screen. It's a train wreck thing. Yeah. He is this beautiful, flashy, stylistic train wreck. But I, I, lo- <laughs> I love that this all like takes place at a bar. Like, what a great place yes. to meet that guy. And he's going off on this woman blinking too much. And then they do shots. And then he pukes all over Stackhouse in the <laughs> in the bathroom. I mean, like, what a... Preemptive strike! Yes. <laughs> Haven't you heard of the Six-Day War? <laughs> He just straight up clocks that guy in the bathroom. It is incredible. Pukes on him, then clocks. Yes. Um, and this was this was exciting for me for a couple of reasons. One, it's I think it's like the perfect way to meet him. And then two, um, I've been to bars with you folks. Um, I think bars are kind of an amazing environment for some unbelievable stories. One of the questions we posed at the top of the show uh, was, what is your most epic or crazy evening at a bar? And I really want to hear... Uh, have you had a Berkman type experience in a bar? Mark, I'll start with you. Like, what is the craziest slash best slash worst thing that's ever happened to you in a bar? Okay. Mark Berkman so, Donica. Yes. Today the, the B puppy stands master. for Berkman. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but no, it, I don't I wouldn't consider a Berkman style encounter at a bar to be a positive experience. I don't know that no. it's positive. No, no, for um, sure. Well, no. he'll be telling that story for the rest of his life. And so will Stackhouse. You, no, no, no. Straight up, I'm just Stackhouse will Berkman, it'll happen again tomorrow. Oh, great, excellent and point. So true. why excellent would he point. tell the story? Again? Excellent for me, point. it was Tuesday. Yeah, all of those bar stories I'm sure just blend together. Yeah, <laughs> yeah totally. <laughs> Barely remembers them. Uh, for me, it was Fourth of July. We, um, I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of of this show that is unfortunately now off the air. It's called Tiki Bar TV. It Ooh. is uh, saving the world one cocktail at the time. Okay. And they used to shoot in Los Angeles, so they had a big party at the set, which was a giant tiki bar. Wow. So oh, we cool. all dressed up as pirates. Um, I met Elon Musk that night. It wow. was flipping crazy. What? But we were all we all were were drunk on rum. With tiki mugs, we walked to the beach because it was right by Venice, and we watched the fireworks for Fourth of July off of the pier. It was, and it's just one of the coolest bar experiences that I've ever had. I gotta ask about Elon Musk. Like, what was that? <laughs> what, what, what was that? In- so, uh, just, long story short, um, the mm. the producer is his sister. So we were playing, we were playing with some kids just because it's like, oh, they're kids are having fun. Everybody's dressed like pirates, and then it's like, oh, uh, hold on, their dad wants to come and get them. Elon, this is this is Mark and Andrea. Just like, oh, nice to meet you. And then it was like. A day or two later, we were like, oh, my oh, God. God. <laughs> wow. Been there, done that. Yeah. And it was, it was amazing. But that's one of the few things about that night that are absolutely amazing. But, yeah, I, that's that's my story. And I'm sticking to oh, it. Oh, I love it. That's that amazing. is so good. Megan, what about you? I, I've seen you in action Follow in a bar. That. Yeah. No. I, you're a larger-than-life personality, straight sober. Uh, bars just make that I so much I hope you were dressed bigger. like a pirate, too. Yes. <laughs> that's a story for a different day. No. Uh, <laughs> I gotta say, actually, at bars, I'm more of like the the sit back and chill at a pub okay. sort of person. Yep. But uh, speaking of, what better place than to sit back and chill at a pub than Ireland? Ooh. When we were when we were in college, we were roommates our our junior year of college uh, during our semester abroad. And we were in Ireland for a weekend because they very much encouraged people like, hey, go out and travel, all that jazz. And I had so, family living up there, so we stayed with them. So yeah, we had a we had a place to stay. And uh, it was this cute little town that had a cute little tavern. So we, w- we go to the tavern and we start chatting with a couple guys. And the one I'm chatting with is clearly inebriated at this point. Yep. And, uh, you know, this he's like, oh, so you're, you're American, huh? Like... 
hey, uh, guess what kind of car I just bought? And this is back in 2007, mind you. Okay. And yeah. I was what, like, what, what car? What kind of car did you buy? And he's like, I just got a Hummer. And I'm like, ooh. ooh. <laughs> From so Southern ugly. California? Yeah. <laughs> they're yeah. so ugly and they're so expensive. Yeah. And he, he looks at me quizzically and as we continue to talk, he just starts dropping these other Americanisms like, uh, hey, you want to go like get some McDonald's or something? And he's I'm just, just like, okay, um, that's weird. I'm on vacation. What do I want to hear about home? Exactly. For God's sake. And, and like when I'm not reacting positively to all these Americanisms, he's like, no. He finally like gets to the point where he's like, I cannot stand this, it anymore. Right? Yeah. Um, where he's just like, I want a stereotype. I want blonde, blue-eyed, you know, Nike wearing. And he stops mid-sentence, drops down to uh, to the floor to actually lift up my jeans to see what kind of shoes I'm wearing. What? And I'm wearing Sketchers. <laughs> what? And he looks up at me like I'm a traitor to America. And without giving what? Katie any preamble or context, he reaches over and lifts up her jeans too and she's wearing the exact same pair of Skechers <laughs> but in different colors and he's just like, of course you, are. you two aren't really American. Oh. <laughs> we bought them in different states. That's amazing. Oh I love that he straight up went to, guess what kind of car? Oh, like, that's that guy's opening line? Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> like, I want a blonde haired blue like, eyed and I'm sitting next to her going, <laughs> yeah. like, I don't know why you're talking to me, but right here. <laughs> congratulations. <laughs> so that's one of my favorite bar stories. I kind of love that you were there for one of her top stories. It's amazing. Oh, she's there for mine. <laughs> I have no doubt. So lay it on me. What is, like, what's your epic bar fail or moment? Halloween. Okay. <laughs> so there you go. Oh, Halloween wow. All right. Like, that's, yeah. Mm-hmm. Fair and enough. It's like what five five years ago, uh, at least five four or years five, ago. Yeah. yeah, four or five years ago, and we're down at Saddle Ranch on Sunset, which is a Western <laughs> theme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a Western theme bar. I'm pretty sure it's our first night there. Yeah. It's not a bull story. Okay. And we okay. were there with our third roommate at the time, and she had her eye on this guy, and he was tall, and he was handsome, and I think he was Canadian. He was, no, no, he, he was, was also from, from Chicago. Was he from Chicago? But he was a Sox fan. He was a White Sox. White fan. Sox fan, and, that and that's was, that's one of her deal. That's breakers. a deal breaker. Oh, so oh, okay. She's like, yeah, but he's, <laughs> Good so it's like you know he's really attractive. He's real, and we've been watching a lot of How I Met Your Mother. Okay. And we're standing at the bar, and she's next to me, and he's on this side. So I tap him on the shoulder, and I go, "Have you met Kristen?" And I leave. <laughs> just, just out. <laughs> And you know what? It it worked out. They talked, and then I came up to him later after I was good and drunk and told him that if he didn't treat her right, I'd rip his balls off. Wow. Okay. It's a good wing this woman. Is how I function yeah, no, in fair bars. enough. Fair. This, is, this is why I asked. <laughs> I will cut you and make it look like an accident. Uh, evidently, the White Sox thing was a deal breaker. I kind of it love just it. just like. Yep. You had me at Saddle Ranch. I was sure that that was a mechanical bull. It story. was not. I have never been on their mechanical bull. <laughs> that, I have. I, was wearing, I have. I was dressed as Tony Stark. Fair I enough. was wearing a good pair of pants, and I did not want to rip them. Fair enough. Fair enough. Or break my neck. I've definitely been on that mechanical bull. Were oh, you yeah, dressed yeah. as Spider Man at the I, time? I've definitely yeah. been we on that mechanical bull. I'm not proud of that fact. I just have. And uh, there's it's nothing too, wrong with riding although, the bull, my man. Although, for those of you who who have never been to a mechanical bull riding bar, you get very different experiences as a guy and as a girl. Oh, for oh, yeah. sure. Both equally yeah. as humiliating. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not proud. File that under not proud. Um, 
So this, uh, I'll be quick with mine because we are running a little bit lean on time. But this, the Berkman story very much, uh, or scene, reminded me of my Welcome to Los Angeles story. And if you've heard this oh, on another, God. welcome, or if you heard this on another podcast I host, I apologize in advance. But I'd been here just a couple of months, and one of my really good friends was doing some postgrad work at um, a the coast and said, Hey, I really, uh, would like to just get a beer with my friends on my birthday. And the one bar I knew was a little LA bar birds on Franklin. If you know it, great. Uh, amazing bar. Uh, and he, John's a bit of an introvert. You guys know me. I'm a raging extrovert. I never shut up. And one of the things John said was like, Hey, I got you. One of the things I said was, uh, or he said was, Hey, I'd really like to meet somebody. Could you go break the ice? And so, I mean, <laughs> Totally. So I was like, oh, you like ABC? John likes ABC. Or you like XYZ? John likes XYZ. Finally, we met some. He'd just come back from Egypt. We met another woman who was in the, the region. I'm like, my job here is done. I then walked to the restroom. And there's a huge man between me and the restroom. I mean, the, the green mile is literally standing between the bathroom and myself. And he's yelling across the bar. He's like, Steve, Steve. And I'm like, excuse me, man, I got I to gotta get by. And he's like, oh, your name's Steve, too? And I'm like, hey, no, nice to meet you. I'm Patrick. I'm six foot five. I'm looking way <laughs> up at this man. This Just guy. like way. So the Green Mile's like incredibly nice from the jump. He's like, uh, hey, I've never seen you in here. Like, welcome to, you know, welcome to Birds. This is great. We have this great dialogue. Uh, and then, um, like, I, I still have to run to the restroom. So then he leans down. And he goes, so, um, Patrick, do you uh, party? <laughs> I mean, if you drink too much Red Bull, then absolutely. And he's like, come with me. Naive guy from Arizona follows him. We take the first right, which is the woman's restroom if you've ever been to Birds. I'm now in a locked bathroom with the green mile, and he tells me to watch that door, which I decide to do because I guess I know at this point. I'm cool. Collected. So the green mile then tells me to watch the door. He then does a line of Coke from his little fake cigarette, offers me some, and I said, no, I'm good. Uh, he says, who turns down free Coke? And then I said, I did, and I go to open the door, to which he then promptly shuts. <laughs> First mistake, Patrick. Shuts do the door. open the door for somebody. I sh- yeah, shuts the door. I turn around. I'm trapped between him and the door. Very close. We're inches from each other. And he looks at me, and he goes, it's just that, Patrick, when you came in the bar, I thought you were a pretty attractive guy. <laughs> This man could have had his way with me without the coke. Uh, I was totally at a loss for words. I didn't even know what to say. I mean, I talked for a living, and I didn't want to come across as homophobic, but certainly not interested. So I was like, oh, not my speed. My girlfriend's out there. I'm praying John's still talking to that woman. And he's like, so anyway, eventually he lets me out. I'm walking back down the hall, and he grabs me by the shoulders. He spins me around, looks deeply in my eyes, and he goes, have you ever been with a man? And I was like, nope. And I think I'm just going to get kissed by this man. Like, I'm like inches from him. And I'm like, nope. And I ran off and grabbed this girl. And I'm like, hey, just pretend you like me. And he's like, have you ever wanted to? John, who saw me then go into the bathroom, was like, have you ever wanted to what, Patrick? Anyway, so this is my welcome to Los Angeles story. Uh, and after that, like everything, I can handle any random shit that goes on in a bar after that. Like... I feel like that story just blew all of ours out of the water. No, I just, when I saw Berkman punch Stackhouse, and I was like, this bad shit goes down in bathroom, bar bathrooms, is the point. Patrick, he saw you across the bar and said, oh, it's that boy. It's that boy. Oh, shit, what, what up? up? <laughs> um, thank you guys for sharing. And I want to try and that do that. like the woman's side of so many I know, stories. I know, this right? This guy would not leave me alone. I, I had to find someone else to pretend to be with. No, totally. Usually you don't see it. Congratulations. And then he took me. It is terrifying. Then he took out a device and knocked me out, and then there was a whole brain frame thing, and it was. And now you're in love with him. I am. I'm now dating the Green Mile. It's it's 
been several years. <laughs> Things are good. TGM for sure. I, <laughs> yes, I like it. I like Tail it. Tail is all this time. I like it. Well, guys, thanks for indulging me. We're going to try and do that every week. I want to talk through a little bit about like how we relate to the characters. This bar thing was a perfect opportunity to do that. <laughs> Um, so we let's get back to Berkman because the man is unbelievable. Berkman's got your back. back yeah, just why? Katie, Katie, breathe, breathe. Berkman's got your back. Berkman's got your back. Harmonize with me, Mark. Berkman's got your back. I can't sing, but I'm, that is literally I've been saying Berkman's got my back like the entire since I've watched that episode. I've been saying that over and over. Um, so we see him obviously punch a stack out, screams fire, gets in the car, um, and then he's on board. He's he's good to be the third member of this uh, this adventurous crew that's going in the subconscious. And then you cut back to Levi Berkman. I think it's the only time we actually hear his first name with the agents, in which Berkman proclaims that college is a Ponzi scheme invented by Fannie Mae. Thank you, Berkman. He's not wrong. I don't. <laughs> it may not have been invented, but it was certainly adapted. So good. Uh, Caitlin in, on the uh, hashtag just wants to say what a great story. Oh, thank you, <laughs> she Caitlin. She says she can see you on a mechanical bowl. Oh, totally. Yeah, I was going to do I the motion. I just it. won't do that now. Maybe that'll be like one of the supplemental episodes we do. We'll all go hit a bar. Um, so, you know there's a saddle ranch not too far from I don't want to talk here, about saddle ranch. I don't want to I don't want to do that. Um, <laughs> to get back. Yeah, yeah. no, to get back. Do you have and I know nightmares about it? I do. I think I literally, every time I do go back in that bar, I look around the corner to see if he's there. Um, it's a little PTSD. Uh, which Stackhouse, I'm sure, would every time he goes back and Berkman's, I'm sure he looks for Berkman every time he goes back to the bar. Berkman's on board, they go back to the lab, and Sam starts making a list, right? And what, what does he list off? Do you remember? He lists off what what uh, what she did that day. Yes. Does she have any recurring nightmares? Uh, whether or not, like, you know, she's got anything on her mind. And, oh, yeah, maybe her aunt has cancer, and, like, maybe that's a thing. Right? Right? <laughs> Unbelievable. See, and it's, I'm okay with him not knowing her recurring nightmare, because you've been dating for three months. I and agree. unless you are super deep, that's not something you talk about. Yep. Like, okay, he doesn't know that. I'll give him a pass. By the way, her aunt has cancers. Like, how is that a by the way? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You knew I know. she watched totally. Starship Troopers, but you didn't remember that her aunt had cancer. To be fair, Starship Troopers. I know. Right? Starship I mean, Troopers. Well, I'm like Casper, Casper Fandine over here. It's, it's in the same vein as not knowing her major or right, not right. knowing her well enough to get her a well-thought-out Christmas present yep. or just anything like that. So. Yeah, Sam's terrible. Uh, Sam's terrible. <laughs> Uh, He's Mark, not a good human being. Mark, did you did you laugh at that the uh, the 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 list that he makes and the the complete like complete like not acknowledgement of anything like deepest fears was like living a life with me or I don't know what he lists a whole bunch of things that were about Sam like that would do it for you. I laughed quietly, but I was just this is so sad. Just so sad. <laughs> so sad that I, I was I almost said that poor man, but I don't mean it. No. Yeah. What an ass. It's yep. like, oh, Because, like, yeah, what did he say? Like, she crushed my heart and broke my spirit. You know, that's yeah. what yeah. she did today. Yeah. Like, want me to yeah. go on living. I'm going to go with breakup. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. It was so good. I just um, feel bad for Connor. Yeah, having to deal with all that. I mean, yeah. totally, right? And then he, he proceeds to take credit for the whole idea and then tell Larry to flip the switch. We're going in and then, bam, welcome okay. to the brain frame. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right like larry's the unsung hero of the show i'm sorry and this show unbelievable um so that's where we kind of wrap we we show up in the brain frame at the end of episode one i know we did get moving through episode two but like quick thoughts on on episode one what like what did you think as as 
as a pilot goes, how did you, was it successful? It was about what you thought it would be to leave you wanting more? Like, what, where was it for you guys? All of those things. Cool. Insanely intriguing. Yeah. I mean, it was a really good introduction, but I also think it was a very good move to air episodes one and two on the same weekend, which is what they did. Totally. Because it really is a two-part it is. pilot. I In the way that some shows do a two-hour pilot, yeah. we had this, and we needed that second half because that 20 minutes on its own, it's a really good character introduction. It's really good for the mechanics of things. But we don't actually get to see what the show advertises. Yeah. And the second episode is all about the brain the frame, brain frame. the nightmares, the everything. And it's those two together are incredible. I agree. I like. I think it would have been rough waiting a week after yeah. the, the way that yeah. ended. Which was, I mean, it, it worked. I don't it, think it had enough of a hook after that first one to grab people. But after that second one, it's like... I am in it to win it. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Shit's gone down. Mark, thoughts on, on episode one before we move on? I think it worked well uh, by itself, but I think they may have imagined it to be episode one and two sure. together yeah. as one episode and doing a longer format show. But for the first season, they wanted to keep it short and yeah. palatable and easy to ingest. But I, I love the first episode. And watching it a second time gave me an entirely and, – and I told you this, Patrick. Yes. We'll, we'll reveal it at the end of the show. Gave me an entire new perspective – on the rest of the show. I know it did. And I can't wait to no, I, I I can't wait to get there actually because Mark just blew my mind as well. Like, I wanna I wanna hear what he has to just, say. Just, yeah. Mark, have you seen three and four yet? I have not seen three and four. I'm sticking to one and two. Okay. Wonderful. So let's get let's get moving. We gotta get through episode two pretty quickly because I want to talk about what we want out of the rest of the series. I did I, I do think though it was smart. It worked in all the ways you wanted a pilot to do and it left me wanting more. For me it, there was the hook. I was like, man, give me more. So I'm glad we had a second uh, a second episode to take on right away. Episode two opens in the brain frame, right? Oh, the, yeah. Or the shitty sewer. <laughs> but, it looks like a shitty sewer. Like a sh- <laughs> I think the set design was so dope here. I love the brain yeah. frame. Did you guys like it? I liked it a lot. I, I feel like it could have been, yeah, a little cleaner in terms of a sewer, but having three hatches, having them numbered, it is very utilitarian. It just has very little aesthetic to it. How would you guys design the brain frame, Megan? Chrome. I definitely want that daiquiri oh, machine. Yes, <laughs> I, I agree. definitely want that daiquiri machine. Chrome is pretty dope. I'm actually really on board there. Just like a nicer, instead of like, oh, it's a sewer and it's terrible. It's like, no, it's like three bank vaults. I love it. With the big, ridiculous wheels that you turn and everything's like all shiny and chrome. I, get behind that. <laughs> I kind of like yeah. it. Honestly, Witness. since we were just talking about Irish pubs, I, I would want the interior to be nice and comfortable and like an Irish pub. And yeah. Maybe maybe have some stuff on tap. Is that too much? That, that's definitely not. You're going to need it based on what's coming next. We, yeah. But I feel like if the brain frame itself is too comfortable, if your little landing bit is too comfortable, you don't move on. No, that's a good point. And you just, it's it's utilitarian. It just needs to be those doors. The special stuff is what's behind those doors. It's like, we're going to go stay in the penthouse suite, but first we have to get in the elevator you don't want to stay in the elevator. Speaking of special stuff, Sam starts to freak out, right? We've got the Berkman's got you back. Sing it with me, Mark. Berkman's got you back. Berkman's got you back. So good. Uh, then the special then the special stuff behind the door. Number one is Hannah and Casper Van Dien getting it on. Tell me way. about your day, Hannah. Yes. N- never had... surrender. Never retreat. They had a Q&A. At the screening, and I can't remember you. You can see it on the Rooster Teeth side. It's under their uh, crunch time thing. 
I can't remember what the exact wording was, but at one point she does talk about having this sex scene with Casper Van Diem, and she's like sitting on a pillow on his crotch, and he's like, "Don't worry, I'm really good at these. And seems, I'm really good at love scenes. That's really, right. yeah, that's, he seems that's, so like self-aware, right? Oh, like yeah. he knows he's in on it. He's so like he seems really fun. Well, and they said like he was there when they were doing it, so it's like, oh, we need him. You want to be in this thing? Yep. Uh, so. That that was was a fantastic cameo that we will get more of, and then you know uh, you know obviously our boy Larry drops the fact that he's a member of the Casper Van Deans <laughs> Van Deans and asks for an autograph. It's a short that they released on uh, on Rooster Teeth. You can watch. It's a recruitment video for the Van Deans. <laughs> oh, stop! Is there really? Yeah, it's great. Oh man. <laughs> And this, ladies and gentlemen, is why you become a first member because you get to see all this stuff. Well, this is, and and we're going forward now. They've they've now hatched this this plot. Megan, do you remember like what their plan is? Uh, They they go to hatch three. They've got a plan. What's the plan? And how do you think it went? They their plan is to basically set it up so that you know since Hannah's been thinking a lot about her her aunt in this hospital setting, they they've they've concocted this scenario where Sam is the one who's sick and the only way to cure him is to not break up with him and yes. they, they have this way of like framing it as a dream so that her subconscious picks up on it so that mentally she's not aware that something is wrong yep. with her dreams and the sad thing is this actually would have worked this might have worked if Berkman hadn't screwed it up so it turns Suffering out from a broken dick <laughs> Berkman the only way to save him is back. to sleep with his friend Berkman. I think oh. I made out with him once. I think he has crabs. I think he has crabs. <laughs> no, he doesn't have crabs, and there's a cure for that. So, what happened to oh. Berkman's got your back? It was so good. And then Sam messes it up, right? Like he explicitly comes out and he says it. Like, don't break up with me. He like gets in her face about it, and. We go to the interstitial dream where Casper Van Dien is back. Yeah, I is. know. Dance and he's got scene. that sexy look where he's looking right at the camera. It's amazing. <laughs> and Abraham Charlie Lincoln. Chaplin kissing Abraham Lincoln. They won't tell you that in the history. They book. definitely do not. <laughs> if anybody's seen Rick and Morty, I, I have a feeling that's where Abradolf Linkler came from. <laughs> Dude, that interstitial was is exactly why I love the show so yes. much. Right? Like if I wasn't on board with the Berkman scene, the interstitial. With, with Hitler kissing Lincoln was unbelievable. <laughs> and this is just what your brain does. In the same way we got that weird little thing with all of the puppies and just yes. like... This is just the weird, stupid stuff that your brain does while you're dreaming. And they explained it really well, right? Like, it's yeah. that kind of random images between kind of dreams. I thought it was a really... It was very accessible. This whole show, you don't need to be... Um, an expert. Yeah. yeah, an astrophysicist to understand. <laughs> uh, we wake up in hand. So they, they then flash forward to Hannah's recurring nightmare, which is Felice Navi dead. <laughs> two. Is it two? Exactly. It's please, can, we, can you please put this on? Sure. Thank you so much. I'm so excited <laughs> about this. We need a Mexican Santa we, on this show. We did need a Mexican <laughs> Santa. <laughs> Megan volunteered to be that. Um, so I. I this was crazy, right? This whole favor, no, this whole dream was insane, right? Berkman loses an arm and then another arm. Yes. He gets disarmed. Oh, we Stop got it. we got to go <laughs> into eighties horror movie land, which is my favorite place to be. It was so great. So, did you guys identify with this? Did you guys have like recurring dreams as kids or adults? Do you guys have like a dream that you go back to or have had several times? Katie shaking her head I aggressively. Don't no, remember most of my yeah. Fair, fair. So it's like, talk about your dreams. Well, uh, fair enough. I've never had a recurring dream, 
But growing up, there was one night where my friend and I shared a dream. Wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, what was the dream? Um, in in the dream, uh, you know, her like basically. Long story short, I went over to her house because she was my next door neighbor, and her entire family was being chased by monsters. And one by one, they all get eaten by the monster, including my friend. I run back to my house, and there are monsters waiting for me. And then I get turned into a monster. And what was funny is I told her about it, and she was like, "Are you kidding me?" Uh, and I was like, "Yeah, that was yeah. that was my weird yeah. dream." She's like. I had that exact, like, I was dreaming that there was a monster chasing my family. You showed up. And the last thing I remember from the dream is tripping and falling. Stop. And then it went to black. And it's just like, <laughs> we had the exact same dream. Pretty cool. Holy cow. That is pretty That's cool. That's wild. Mark, any recurring dreams? Boring answer, no. No. I used, to, I used to dream all the time that I was uh, I was wheeled into an emergency room and I died on an American-shaped operating table like from above <laughs> I look over and see this flight it was it happened like up for years and years I had the same it was nine times a morbid son of a bitch I know it's nice knowing you guys uh, so like I identified with this where she knew like instantly which dream it was which dream it was she sets it up I, she tells that great story about how she was it's looking like gremlins yeah right? it, it was just like the story in gremlins yes. is that why you didn't like my Christmas present <laughs> um, no that's because that's how asshole. I found out there was no Santa Claus <laughs> Um, we sorry. I know we're we're running a little lean on time, but my favorite part about this is that so we they're escaping the dream. They're running from terrifying Mexican Santa. Who Sam steps up to kind of save the day, dies a very bad death, <laughs> and then who shows up with an American flag? But your boy Casper Van Dien. Yeah, <laughs> it's so great. it's so good. You still look great, Hannah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we, we, we leave this episode uh, back uh, in the, with the investigators, uh, the interrogators, talking to Connor, shows him an image of a black hole, right? It says, at best case scenario, it's a temporary Einstein-Rosen bridge. Worst case scenario, it's a black hole that's going to develop the entire universe. Uh, and he says, in a, leading up to an event called The Big Crunch, and then roll credits. I, I honestly don't think we're going to get a full-on crunch time roll credits till the last episode. No, agreed. Probably. And I that's agree. my one prediction because we've seen episodes three and four. So. Oh, that's true. I've seen three. I've not seen Cheater. four. Cheater. I know. Well, so um, let's do this. Before we wrap up, I really quickly want to know uh, where you think the show is going. I want to start with you, Mark, because you had an incredible observation. We were on the same page for the first half of this theory, and then you brought something that took my theory uh, to some to some whole other level. So are you able to pull that up? I am. So, so I have pulled up a photo from the bar, which if we see, it was a split second, but it caught my eye the second time we watched it. It is called the Poodle Dog Lounge. Now, who is unaccounted for in the in the show so far? Our bro Larry. Larry. Now, what good of a what? How good of a reason for all the characters to accept it? other than this taking place in Larry's brain frame. So the stories, the recollections, the versions of the characters that we are seeing on screen right. is all how Larry perceives them. I think he has a crush on Hannah, which is why, why Hannah is as, uh, as I mean, she's, she's a well-written character regardless, but how one note, Sam is, how one note Connor is, sure. how one note Berkman is. How one note the interrogators are, how right? They're cartoonishly, like, cartoonishly yeah. like he saw a movie. How totally. similar things yeah. are to a movie. Shithead. Things that he would imagine them to be. So I think the world has gotten so bad on the outside that our boy Larry is keeping it 
together in the brain frame. Larry. Poor Larry. That's the, such a good theory. It's real good, like, right? It's, <laughs> it's real good. No, I was 100% sure that it was in someone's brain frame. But when Mark showed me the picture of the bar, it just blew my mind. It's the puppy master. Yeah. It's no. basically <clears throat> being in Caboose's head. <laughs> <laughs> like, wow. Right? That is- I have some stuff to think about now. <laughs> so what, where else do you guys, as far as like hopes or thoughts about where it should go, where do you want it to go? What do you want to see out of the show? We've got four more episodes. Um, two more of our episodes. I, even <laughs> I if it, two already. I, I was going to say, yeah, I, even if it doesn't end up um, being in Larry's mind, because on the one hand, I think that's a fantastic theory. On the other hand, I want, like, even if it is all a dream, I want the black hole to be real. Yes. Because if all of this is just a dream, yep. then those high stakes we talked about, you know, immediately go sure. down. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, I don't, I don't think the whole situation is. I think where our cast is interviewed by the agents, that's happening in, in uh, Larry's mind. Right. So the, uh. the black hole is real. Totally. The situation, everything is real. But instead of our characters recollecting it in real time, it's... Larry trying to tell the story from his brain. It's all of all of this is getting through filtered through Larry's exactly. perspective. Yeah, absolutely. I like it. Right? Like he recently watched True Detective and watched how that panned out with the <laughs> interview and he's like, it's gotta be a thing. <laughs> Just season one though. I agree. Anything else that you, that you want out of this? Any anything else you're looking forward to? Um I want a season two. Yeah, I yeah, want a season two. I want, absolutely. I, I know. I'm two episodes in. Well, I've seen the third and, one, and I'm totally, I mean, I mean, I said it to you guys there, it just blew my mind. I'm very excited about what's to come. Yeah. I'm, I'm interested to see where they go with this technology. Totally. Because, yeah. you know, it's one thing to have access to this, and it's one thing to go on a one-off adventure. It's a completely different thing to, like, actually use it. So we'll, it'll be interesting to see how... Yeah. how you monetize how it, is yeah. what you do. You make some money. And guys, we kind of have to wrap. We've run a little <laughs> bit long. Thank you guys so much for watching. If you tuned in for all of your support, listen, uh, as we go, I want I wanted everybody to, to sign off with where people can get a hold of you. I'm Katie Collin. You can find me on Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, and YouTube at Kiaxe. That is K-I-A-X-E-T. You can also find me on Snapchat at Kia Prime. Um, so many shows, so you guys. Shows. Oh, my God. Star Wars Rebels on Tuesdays. Arrow is coming back this week. We uh, tape at 10 p.m., I believe. I am losing my mind. 10 p.m. Steven Universe, our last episode before the hiatus starts again, is this Thursday at 8. Blind Spots Thursday at 9. Everything is coming back. It's a little wild. Thank you to Caitlin Geddes for being so active in the chat and in Love the hashtag. It. We adore you. Be sure to review us on iTunes. That is how we stay on the air. Amen. Amen. Megan. I'm Megan. You guys can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the Menguin. That's T-H-E-M-E-N-G-U-I-N. I am also in a bunch of shows here at AfterBuzz, and I write articles for the movie Chick. That's Chick with two Ks. Be sure to check those out. Crushed it. Like <laughs> I feel like I need to take lessons from you. That was so good. Mr. Mark B. Donica Larry in the booth. Where can people find you? Where can they find us as a rooster team? Look at you. Uh, we can. You can follow us at ABTV Rooster Team on Twitter, on YouTube, on Instagram. We're going to be posting now that we have multiple shows that we're covering at the same time. Red versus Blue. Uh, crunch time now. Ruby is coming back. If you haven't watched the short, it came out today. Yes! Het, we're we're going to get people in for Ruby. We're going to get people in for Crunch Time. We are working mm. on that grind. Um, and then also find Patrick and I on Video Game Movie Anatomy every two Mondays on the Popcorn Talk Network. Patrick. Yes, sir. Yeah. (laughs) You can find me on that Video Game Anatomy uh, uh, show with Mark. Uh, I also host a video game podcast on iTunes called Pixel by Pixel. Stay tuned. In two weeks, we have some potential uh, kind of fun things coming up. So we will. I know. Guys, thank you so much for watching and we will talk to you in a couple of weeks. 
from executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff. We would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Eres muy mala este año. Por favor, Santa, no! The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.